the most beautiful place to exist is within your zone of genius. And I say that both physically, emotionally, relationally, environmentally, all of things. And today, my one and only favorite coach to date, I have to say this transparently because I've had multiple coaches over the course of my business development career, but my favorite, Mike Zeller, is coming to share with you his new book, Find Your Genius Within, and also about his methodologies in NLP therapy, in mindset work, in zone of genius discovery, which has been such a part of my catapult this year and something I'm so excited to continue to implement for every single one of my clients. So Mike, utter gratitude and incredible to stand alongside you in the first of many book launches. Thanks, brother. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. FIT is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. brother so glad to have you here today what's up tamara dude i love your intro i'm gonna have to borrow it right? that was one of the best intros i've ever seen it brings the life it brings the energy every single time it's my favorite nobody gets to see the people in the green room except for me but everyone's always dancing especially when they see themselves uh we make you look good so you'll get that video trailer of yourself to be able to promote the podcast but oh, thanks thank you For those who don't know, this is my coach. This is Mike Zeller. You guys have seen a lot that has transpired in my own uh, personal journey and professional journey this year. And so much of it, I give kudos to this man right here who helps establish your zone of genius. And he helps leading experts across America. I would say across the world because of your incredible net that you've casted over the course of your career. But you truly help people understand their deep zone of genius and even just launched a new book called The Genius within. Yes, excited to be here, Tamara. You are a gem and you light up the world just with your presence and uh, just excited to be here and connect more. It's always, I I always learn something from you as well as uh, maybe learn a thing or two from me. So it's a joy. Always. Thank you. And it's really cool because we have a lot of like overlap and symmetry in our passions. Um, Mm -hmm. You have a a lot of background, even in the pastoral realm, which I think is really neat and not necessarily something you put in the forefront of your resume, but I think is a critical part of why I was originally connected to you as somebody to come into your coaching community, but it's also just, it's really who you are. You exude uh, peace all the time, at least from my perspective, even as a new daddy. Um, and even as somebody who's gone through, you know, the pits of, of losing a million. Uh, and so talk us through, how do you maintain that safe harbor um, in your process of entrepreneurship? 
Well, I wouldn't call it safe harbor necessarily. But, uh, <laughs> I I know I will survive. And uh, I know I that there's a higher purpose for everything that you go through uh, or come through in life. So, um, you know, and core to my core, I believe that our setbacks set us up for our comebacks. And, uh, and, and I've had, you know, more than my share, but I've also had more than my share of wins. And, um, so it's, it's been, it's a whole faith side of journey of knowing that I have favor, that, uh, I'm not alone, that I am called to something greater, which means I can survive. I will persist through the trials and the tragedies and the triumphs. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep making that next step. You don't lose until you give up. Oh, so good. And and I think that's so true. I think a lot of people, specifically this phrase that you said, I have favor. A lot of people are like prayerful over they want favor. They want to experience mm-hmm. abundance. And something that we've talked about a lot through our coaching individually, but then also through your Abundant You Challenge with Natasha Grano is, is this abundance idea and that we actually already have it within us. And so talk to me about like how you've discovered that and how that actually parallels to the genius within. Yeah, if you think, you know, our our identities are like the invisible lids on our life. And one of the metaphors I like to use, if I hold up a 12-ounce glass of water and I pour five gallons of water into that 12 ounces, it's only holding 12 ounces. But if I pour, uh, if I take a five-gallon bucket, if that identity is transformed to a five-gallon bucket, and now I pour a gallon of water in, it's, it's still got plenty of room, but it's holding more. And one of the first things that we have to do is anchor ourselves to the limitless identities of who we are created to be, whether you believe in God or not, or whatever your spiritual journey is. There's limitless opportunities, but so often we're, we're, we're trapped. And it's almost, it's, it's what you might call an upper limit problem of our, we uh, hit this identity. You see it oftentimes people I feel like, ah, because this is what I grew up in. I'm going to make, you know, my parents never made more than $40,000 a year. So when they finally bust through, maybe they bust through and make 50000 or maybe they make 100000 for the first time. But they'll often say, I've seen people just stay in that pattern of whatever their income, whatever their friend group, whatever their relationship quality. If they're used to being in relationships with abusive people, they find a way to get back in a relationship with an abusive person because that's their identity until the identity shifts. And that's that's part of the upper limit problem. Right. Until that identity shifts, we don't we can't see what we're capable of. And so imagination, how do we shift into uh, upper limit, uh, into a new identity? Imagination. We start asking ourselves, what if we start seeing things from a different perspective? And, um, you know, that's why Einstein was obsessed with imagination. And when you start seeing yourself and sometimes you might need to see yourself from God's perspective, you might need to see yourself from a mentor's perspective that believes in you and sees your greatness in a different way. So that's my quick little rant on that. Yeah, no, I love it so much. And I think there's two things that I wanted to take note of is one, that question of what if was probably one of the most valuable questions that you've consistently asked me since we started together earlier this year. And a question I, I, I never thought that I, I never thought about and never was asked, not because I was putting myself in a box, but 
because I've always been a really big dreamer and visionary, but never outside of my own understanding. Mm -hmm. Right. And so being surrounded by people like you've had in the mastermind where their what if questions are different than mine, then allows me to ask what if in the same parallel universe that they exist. And I remember walking into that first mastermind experience and having so much imposter syndrome for being there. And you taught at that specific one, this idea that identity precedes our destiny. And I've really held on to that because I've done a lot of identity work in the last six years. Mm. And so I'd love to hear like what that identity uh, journey has been like for you. Yeah. You know, in my early days as, as an entrepreneur, first it was like, oh, I was a former, you know, help start churches and doing ministry. And then eventually a real estate investor. And I moved from real estate investor while I was waiting tables. I actually was waiting tables at PF Chang's um, when I bought my first place. And then, um, and then I started shifting. All right. Well, maybe I had people as I grew, I started having people reach out for coaching. Um, my first, my first paid coaching clients were all hung up on X's. Uh, I had two, <laughs> two uh, uh, two women and two men. And I was like, man, I, I didn't sign up to be a, a relationship coach. <laughs> I was just telling someone that story about our round robin we had at the last mastermind. And they're like, no way. And then I had people who were like, can you help me? I was like, oh, I don't think he does that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and But I, I, I love helping people. It just wasn't like that's That wasn't my uh, most desired pathway. And, uh, but then a few years later, it goes, it goes by, I'd started a bunch of businesses and then I could legitimately charge a thousand bucks a phone call is what I started with my first paid coaching client. And, and, uh, I loved it and people were getting results. Um, but then, you know, I had to keep wrapping my mind around, like when we are stepping into a new identity, you have to shed or release that old story. And that old identity and have to be okay with it. You know, there's that, that verse in the Bible um, as well that, uh, and David perceived he was king. David had been proclaimed the next king of Israel for years before he perceived he was king, before wow. he was ready Good. for that identity to take hold of. And so, um, I, heck, I have this book right in front of me, Muhammad Ali. I'm studying this guy. Um because, you know, he, he won the, one of my favorite stories of all time on an identity transformation. Have I shared this with you before or heard no, it? No, we talked about it a bit on Clubhouse, but I definitely want to capture it here. Yeah. So in 1964, Muhammad Ali, he's like 20 years old, 21 maybe. His name's Cassius Clay at the time. And he barely won his previous two bouts uh, leading up to the uh, championship with Sonny Liston. He was not expected to win. It was seven to one odds. Sonny is still considered one of the top 10 boxers of all time. If you go and read, he had a powerful punch. Um, and Muhammad was considered a lightweight um, as, a, as a boxer. Um, and Muhammad wrote this poem. And you can listen to it on YouTube. It's, it's called, I Am the Greatest. And he starts out, I and you listen to the crowd as it recorded before live audiences before he won his world heavyweight championship. He wrote, wrote this poem, and the crowd starts laughing. They start laughing and jeering. It's almost like if they had vegetables, they would be hurling those vegetables at the stage. But then he just leads with such conviction and starts proclaiming, I am the greatest, the greatest boxer there ever was, the most beautiful fighter in the world today. And he goes on and on and on. 
by the end of it, by uh, really about halfway through the, the recording, the audience is clapping. They're excited. They feel that conviction. They feel that transference. Then afterwards, what's he do? He said, hey, Cassius Clay is the name of a slave. I don't associate myself as a slave anymore. And yes, he had converted to the Muslim faith and declared, hey, I am Muhammad Ali. Two weeks later, he said, I, and there was an identity transformation and he renamed himself. That's why when we do the NLP exercises, what's your powerful badass name? Not your weak ass name. We all know our weak ass name. And I love to ask people, hey, what if the real imposter is the person that's showing up right now? What if the person that is playing in the shadows, playing small, hiding, and limiting their own journey? What if that's the real imposter? Not the one that you think you're supposed to be. Maybe that's the real you. Well, I think what's so powerful about that is, is everyone, you know, tries, I hope, I think, I believe good and effort in everyone is that they try to show up as their best version. And if their best version is that lower sense of self, even if they're playing all out, they're still creating their own cap. They're still creating their own glass ceiling. And so that identity shift is when you get to then step into that new being. It's almost like having the person that you want to look like, the person that you want to grow into. And you're actually like shedding, like I'm thinking of not a a snake, right? Like this is my old skin. I'm going to step into the new wine skin in order to live in this new sense of, of self. And it's really the sense of self that God had predestined for us to be. But we sense because of society, because of what other people see, a claim, the limiting beliefs, all of these conversations, uh, we can never understand our full genius. I'm curious because identity is an evolution, right? Just like purpose. It's not necessarily a place. It's it's a evolving. It's the always becoming, just like the book yeah. title. I'm curious, as you stepped into this new identity as a father, how do you feel like your identity has shifted into the greater version of who God intended for you to be? Hmm. I remember when Sonnet was born, I uh, just felt, you know, divine presence. To, you know, it was beautiful in a moment. And I was also like, all right. It's like I, I felt like I grew two or three inches. It's like my spine stiffened. And I was like, you know what? It's time to show up at another level that I haven't stepped fully into. And uh, and so I feel like I've, I've shifted even more in my sense of certainty, resolve, commitment. Um, so 100 percent. I want to I want to make her proud. She's too little to to uh, uh, to know much about dad yet. But uh, she, you know, I, I want her to be super proud of having me as a dad when as she grows up. And when she's in her 20s, I want her to be like, I had a freaking badass dad yeah i love that so much it's so cute whenever you guys he sends us coaching messages just like walking with sonnet holding her taking her to the water fountain or whatever locally and it's just so cute Mm -hmm. but it makes me aware of what i coach all the time and that's that you get to be all of yourself all of the time And you don't have to have separate identities in separate spaces. Just because your feet are planted within your house doesn't mean that you're also not an entrepreneur or a visionary or any other realm of how you activate every single day. No different than when you're in the office. I'm not not a mom or not a wife right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it gives people freedom. And also, like you said, that spine straightening, it actually gives you more sense of authority that you get to wear all of your titles all the time. Yeah. Uh, talk to us about how that parallels to the new book that you launched with the genius within. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm birthing uh, multiple things at once, except I didn't really birth anything. My wife birthed the first one, and then I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for giving her kudos. Yeah, she did great with that. Um, But yeah, when I created this, my, you know, one of the core questions we ask as human beings is, what on earth am I here for? What's my purpose? Why, you know, how do I figure that out? And I feel like, man, in today's day and age of of, uh, COVID and all these things and transition, uh, there's so much transition. We're in like the great res- resignation, the great transition, the great migration uh, of our generation, at least. And I feel like there's also clues littered throughout our life. As I studied my own life, I remember taking the Myers-Briggs when I was uh, 20 years old for the first time at college. I was like, man, this is eerily accurate. How the freak is this so accurate? And then I did spiritual gifts testing. Then I did some of these other tests. And I was like, man, all these are given me different layers of who I am. And then I looked at my life and I looked at, oh, there's defining moments in my life. There's people that I love being around. Um, so I started figuring out, you know, really there's four quadrants, your unique talents. And that's part of what the spiritual gifts or all the tests show you. I got wealth dynamics, Colby index, strings finder, Myers-Briggs, disc profile. And then of course, Enneagram or any other test you want to take. Um, but then the second area is, uh, your key relationships. Where are those relationships that you have an unnatural attraction to? An unnatural, like, um, hotbed of relationships, connections. Like, I looked at it, I was like, hey, I got all these best-selling authors as friends. I didn't even write a book. Didn't even think I was going to write a book at the time. And then I had all these other very successful entrepreneurs, especially in e-com. Those were, those were clues. Third, um, third area, uh, your values and passions. Like, what do you stand for? What do you stand against? What are you in, insatiably curious about? What can you learn or do or be all day long um, that most people would run out of juice for? And then the fourth is your defining life moments. Those, those moments where something pivotal happens, something magnificent or something tragic or something that you just got to there's like a little whisper. Sometimes those magnificent moments are also whispers. I remember I went to my uh, my uh, first couple of conferences, my first three conferences I went to all before the age of 21 and age 18, 19, 20, uh, like 20. And every time I went to a conference, I felt like I learned more than I, there than I learned in a semester of college. And I wanted to buy, I remember one of them, I barely had any money as a college student, right? In certain seasons when I wasn't working as much. And, and I bought, I bought like five, five, 10 to 12 decks of leadership CDs. I mean, tapes, they were tapes. They weren't even CDs because they were on sale. And I'm like, I'm buying, I'd ask for Christmas leadership talks. I, I just say, mom and dad, I want to go and get Willow Creek leadership summit talks. And I'd spend 120 bucks on leadership talks. That's what I wanted for Christmas in a brave heart sword. I did get a brave heart. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. my favorite movie. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I love that. No, I think there's so many pieces to that equation, right? That four quadrant understanding is I'd love to dive into each of them individually because they're so valuable. Like the relationships piece you've taught me through the dream 100, um, the expert or the zone of genius space, or what brings you passion kind of was unpacked even in the talents understanding of the wealth dynamics, um, but being able to create language around that was really powerful for me. Uh, I'm curious, as you kind of honed into those different areas, 
when was that life-defining moment of a, either a crash and burn or, or that whisper or a triumph where you realize this is the unlock to the next layer? Hmm. You know, in 2018, 2019, I had just a season where, and really part of 2017, I, I lost over a million dollars in about four or five different things that went wrong. And it was just a season where, you know, you go through those seasons that we would call them resets. Um, and, you know, I, I had started like six different businesses at one point um, in 2015 and 2014. And everything was up and to the right. And I was like invincible. I could I could sell. I could grow, do almost anything. I had 55 employees. We're doing like 30 million a year in sales. And um, and I had freedom, too, which is kind of. You, you think you have that many businesses, you think you're, and I had real estate properties. I had a bunch of real estate properties. So um, office building, et cetera. So, um, but then one thing after another started, the, 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 you start seeing cracks in the foundation. And, um, and that was a sign in hindsight, you connect the dots by looking backwards uh, hindsight. Hey, I was playing out of position in terms of project managing and operations. And one of my mistakes was that I didn't find the right operating partners. And I also allow, sometimes I had partners that were too similar to me. Um, so that was another mistake instead of complimentary enough. And, uh, and so then, you know, but I also knew I had this sense of like, Hey, you know what? I was okay failing. I knew even when I started all those, I was like, you know what? frankly, this shit's going to hit the fan at some point. I knew yeah. it would. Yeah. And I was like, then I'll just learn my limits based on how I'd set things up. And that was my perspective. I got to tell you, it sucks. Like when I was going through that season, I had 38 creditors and people that I owed money to. Oh. And I would wake up and, and, you know, be in tension. My arms would be tightly wrapped around my chest and uh, one by one, I've, I've just been paying. Uh, I've got it down to like three or four. So I still got some some debts, but I got assets too. And I've been building assets in terms of partnerships and equity along the way. And now like this, I'm in the early stages of a rapid growth season again. But now I get to grow so much faster. You know, in the next, next decade, I know how to preserve wealth. I know how to build wealth. I know how to impact. I know how to create high level partnerships, the caliber of people I'm on a first name basis with, you know, I'm friends with the guys like Mark Victor Hansen who sold 500 million books. Um, that's insane. You know, him and God, he's, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, with God. pretty insane, pretty insane that you, you're connected. <laughs> and I, and I think that's like a really important piece for everybody to understand because regardless of who you're connected to now or who you will be connected to later, like we all have that unlimited power source within us um, that we can tap into. And if you don't feel that way, then then likely there's some self-development work or identity work that needs to happen from the understanding of, just like you said earlier, the affirmation of who does God see you as? And are you actually standing in that? I love the example of David that you gave earlier and the understanding that even though he was called that, he had not actually received mm -hmm. that calling. That's so critical. Uh, and I think, too, it's it's this knowing that if we don't do what you've taught me to do so well, consistently share and say and and speak out that manifestation understanding, which is a biblical term for all of those who mm -hmm. think that we're being woo woo over here. Go to the whoa, Bible. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> woo, woo. I'll take it. I'll take it. I actually had the opportunity, Mike, and you don't know this yet. I cannot wait to send you the full video recording. 
on Sunday, it was my birthday, and I was speaking on a stage at Embrace Your Ambition, and I got to actually uh, physically show and walk the audience through one of the uh, visuals that had taken place during one of the NLP experiences mm. that we oh. had. Cool. And so I took it into like an experiential learning for them. But additionally, I had never practiced it before I got on stage. I just knew what I was going to do because I was inside of my own dream mm -hmm. or vision at that point, whatever you want to call it. And it was so powerful. I stood up on a chair on stage in heels, by the way, and was able to like turn on these light bulbs all over stage. Wow. And it was so incredible for me to just do it, but then additionally to hear the feedback from people. And so I'd love for you to share and maybe even walk us through um, that identity transfer or recognition uh, as an NLP or mindset shift experience yeah good question i love that can't wait to hear more about that I but, know. Um, so all right so my wife and i occasionally fight all right we have little moments of tension and it's usually birthed in misunderstanding and or hurt feelings and she she is the most sensitive and most empathetic of types in our personality we understand this because of all, all the zone i did a zone of genius date three months into our relationship and I'm the least empathetic and least sensitive. <laughs> I would never I'm, guess that. Well, it's cultivated. I had to train okay, logically okay. how to train myself to appreciate and understand empathy. Um, I'm the least empathetic of types. I'm an INTP, but a high T. She's a super high F, an ENFJ on the Myers-Briggs. Right. So when my wife is upset at me and I've hurt her feelings unknowingly or knowingly, whatever, right? then she doesn't want to have anything to do with me. She will, me kissing her, me touching her, me hugging her feels like it's, it's like repulsive. All right. And she literally recoils. I'm an ENFJ. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, and it's because there's, she hasn't felt her, her feelings haven't heard, felt heard, appreciated and validated. Right. And then until we go through that whole process, now, unfortunately, I'm a semi-conscious man that's enlightened and gone through all these healing and relationship dynamics with Tony Robbins and others. Anyway, so we go through it. I heal her. I mean, uh, hear her, feel her, connect, apologize, own it. Then that heavy weight that is in her, that energy that is trapped of frustration, hurt and feelings, all that can leave. Same thing internally. So here's how this works. So you and I, we both have like these old sabotaging identities, these old stories, these old ways of being. Like you've had your mistakes and failures. I've had my mistakes and failures. Well, when that part of us shows up and wants to lead our life, that leads us to be cowardly, leads us to hide in the closet, leads us to dim our light so that others won't feel insecure around us, leads us to play to our shadow self, leads us to turn to other devices like alcohol, whatever, like we, we play to things that are, are not our highest and best good, right? So how does that, how do we shift out of that? So we first, like my wife, we got to first hear a name, that other identity. What is that? I call one of mine is weak ass Willie. So what's weak ass Willie want to do? He wants to protect me. What's his good intent? And literally I'll have people go in and visualize they're in a room they're in a meditative state and they're having a conversation with weak ass Willie. Weak ass Willie just came out of a YouTube thumbnail that represents 
that story comes out, you're having conversation, you think weak ass will, hey, what is your good intent? Protect you from making a mistake and experiencing shame and failure and blah, blah, blah. Thank you, weak ass Willie. I hear you. I see you. I feel you. Thanks. I know you're just trying to protect me. And you hug, embrace, etc. Now he's free. Then the next part, go over to your more powerful idea from the past or the future. And, uh, and this is the power of imagination and the shift of perspective. The shift in perspective creates often an identity breakthrough and helps us break through that upper limit. So he goes over. Have a connection with Magic Mike, or I've got Badass Mike. Connection with that part of you, and you imagine that part of you leading your life, handing over the keys. And then, how does that part of you walk? How does that part of you talk? How does that part of you move? How does that part of you dress? What type of music? What does that part of you say, do, feel? Who does that part of you interact with? And now you're anchored to that more magnificent version of you. And then you ask that part of you, hey. Take the keys to my life. Drive the bus or drive the car or plane or whatever it is. Drive me forward. I think that there's incredible peace that comes when you're able to have that experience and that relationship and that uh, timing and pace, right? Like, I think that that's a huge part of that conversation is is pace and how fast people are, myself included, can get into a distraction mode of let me just go on this rat wheel. Let me just stay at this speed, no matter what's going on around, even good, even even celebration experiences where you don't actually take or own what they are. Um, and so I think it's really interesting to have that on a consistent basis is hour by hour, right? There's the, the weak ass Willie and the magic mic that are trying to to buy for one another's attention and who is going to step into each experience, each conversation, each podcast, each, you know, exchange with your daughter, even, which mm -hmm. sounds wild. Like you think I'm always showing up as the best with my kids, but that's not always the case. And so I think that it's just really powerful when we actually do the practice, like you've taught me is like, name it, name that person. Because what happens when you do that is you're able to actually separate yourself it's almost like creating a shadow, like Peter mm -hmm. Pan, right? Like Peter Pan had a shadow and he's like trying to catch his shadow all the time. I feel like that would be our weak version. That's the person that is not showing up in their greatest intent. And then there's the version of the person you want to step into, evolve that shedding. Now I am this new identity. Um, and, and so to share with the audience and I, when I first did the practice, I could not even come up with a name of my weak identity because Every time I, a name came into my spirit, I would think of somebody else who was named that. And then I thought about Karen. And I know some Karens, but I thought about this concept of Karen. And you'll hear people speak from stage like, okay, Karen. And people who are, they're always put, putting Karen down, whether she's the one talking or raising her hand in the front row and whatever, whoever Karen is. And I thought, I don't really want the weak version of myself to even have a name. Because if there's a name, that means that there is an attachment to anyone or anything else. And I don't feel like we're ever called to be the weak version of self. So my person is lonely and I can see I can see their figure. They're not even a shape. They don't even look like me, which is really interesting. I would imagine that they would have similar features. It's not a past version of Tamara. It literally looks like a cartoon, like, you know, when the guys dress up in the blue suits head to toe, it's like that, but white. And he has no color, which if you know me is just totally antithesis of my being. And then I am Tamika. 
Tamika, mm-hmm. like, is the girl who actually taught me how to heel toe in the sixth grade. <laughs> and so I get to show up and like be the full version of myself, which is the person who loves to dance, which is the joyful person, which is the powerful person, which is yeah. the good speaker and the best author and all of these pieces of my identity. Um, but it's been really powerful to name her, but then not be able to even name that other person and just know that that's not the person that I want to be. Yeah, love it. And and it's beautiful. And now if you look at what you've done and how you've shown up this year, and what, you know, you've got a book out and you're featured on another bestselling book as well. And you're speaking on stages. All You've spoken more on stages this year than you've probably ever done in your life. The rest of your life combined, maybe. Yeah. And and one of the other things that I, I admire about how you've navigated this season, Tamara, is transition seasons are messy and they're slower. Like you think of a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly. Well, what's it got to do to transform into a butterfly? It's got to stop for a while. And it's like going through this messy transformation. If you puncture the caterpillar in the transformation, it's like all this goo comes out. And, it, and, and so you are over here, you're a caterpillar, you're crawling up the, the branches just fine and fast and you're doing your thing. And then you stop to change. And life kind of stops. Things stop. Business slows down. A shifts, pivots happen. But then you come out of the, out of the cocoon, and man, you're magnificent. You and you got all your colors on your brand, anyhow. So you're you're a very colorful <laughs> butterfly. It we all have a story, bits and pieces of ourselves that we keep hidden from the world in worry, chasing perfectionism instead of progression, chasing materialism instead of worth. Chasing the hourglass figure instead of health. Chasing accolades and American dreams instead of wealth. Chasing relationships rather than intimacy. Chasing lies instead of the truth. We stand naked and afraid, unknown and covered in shame. But I refuse to let Pandora's box let us stay stifled and lame. Destined to live a life of freedom, integrity, and love. Unshackled and beautiful, worthy and known from above. His promises are in the rainbow. Past the storm or in it, we stand secure. Not alone, together, women, we endure. Always becoming. appreciate that. And I, and I think that's a great place to be transparent with people is because they see the outside, like even with you, like having this new book, and I know you have another one coming out shortly after that and all of these successes or partnerships or alliances and your new dad, like it seems like every part of life is really great. Right. Mm-hmm. And everything is just like easy peasy. Mike's on easy street. And it's, it's the recognition that in the times that nobody witnessed are the times that the quiet prayer room, I am being built or the the structure, you call it infrastructure all year. And my team even is like, I hate the infrastructure building, right? Like I almost lost people from my team because I couldn't pay them. Shoot, some months I couldn't even pay Mike, y'all. Let's just be real. Where I'm like, I, I don't have it. Nothing's coming in. What is happening? I'm doing everything that you're telling me to, maybe not to the fullest extent that I could, which is the weaker version of self. Sure. Um, but it's this realization that it doesn't always look 
from the outside what is actually happening. And so to be transparent with people and vulnerable with people has been a really important part of my brand um, and, and how I show up for my community. But I don't always talk to them about every single piece like this. So I just wanted to take that opportunity to let people know that the infrastructure building, the cocoon experience, it sucks. And I understand. But the, the transformation that occurs thereafter and that butterfly feeling is light. Um, but you have to go through the hard seasons for that to happen. Yeah. And during those seasons, it's like now you're set up to earn money, uh, way more money than you would have ever earned in the sense of the pathway you were on. You're much more aligned. And one of the things that I see for you is because you're spiritually, energetically connected to your purpose more and more attuned to it. And also you're in more and more of the right position. There's still things to be worked out and still things to be optimized. but so many things are going to open up for you. It's it, And it's the same for me. It's like, I went through that season of reset and, you know, I lost a good chunk of what I had built over 15 years, but now it's like, I've, I've remade it. And then some over, you know, in two or three years, I'll have remade uh, at a much, and it end up at a much higher level than I was, you know, and what I did in 15 years. And it's because I went through that, pause in that reset season that was hard and messy and frustrating and embarrassing at times. But now I'm in a, a whole different trajectory and it feels so great. Yeah. And another part to that is, is that piece of shame, right? And and you mentioned it actually earlier that sometimes when you're in those seasons or the I told you so start coming, sometimes we do that to ourselves and we're our own worst critic. It's like I knew you couldn't do it, right? It's that that weaker version of yourself, weak as Willie showing up. How do you suggest uh, a shift into that higher level of self more often? Do you do a, like a morning practice? Do you do a morning meditation or an evening ritual? My One of my favorites is uh, morning affirmations. And then I'm, I start my day off in gratitudes and, and thinking through, like today I did a little different twist. I wrote out um, I, I had 10 things I'm thankful for writing from the past tense of like, Oh, I'm multiple times bestselling author. I have three houses across the world. I love, you know, those type of things. I have a son, uh, you know, my wife and I are doing this and this, she has multiple bestselling books, but my affirmations list, I write them out in powerful present tense. Like I am, there's a reason, you know, God uh, and Moses are interacting on the mountain. God asked Moses, what's your name? The great I am. What? Yeah, that's right. The great I am. And I am is a powerful declaration. You're actually commanding yourself to feel and be and move in a certain direction. And even if it's you're moving inch by inch, you can move a lot of inches in a lot in, if you have enough days. And so when we're talking about identity, some of us, when we go through tough stuff, and it takes a little while to remake your identity. Um, John Asraf, uh, he, he has this thing that he's, he talks about. I just heard it last night in clubhouse and he said, Hey, someone enters his program on brain, brainathon or something like that. One of his other advanced programs and say his requirement is that they have to commit to a hundred days working on their brain. If they commit to a hundred days of working on their brain and do it, they will have repatterned their brain. So like sometimes we're like, oh, I read a self-help book. I read a money mindset book. I'm done. No, you're not. Yeah, no, (laughs) keep going. 
And so I got the, do you do affirmations by the way, Tamara? You know, not consistently. I did during my dark season. I had yeah. to, because I just didn't even believe anything about myself. Yeah. Um, that was really, really critical, but I don't do them frequently. Yeah. They're, they're great. You, and then, so I'll play a couple of mine and I play it with music. You'll be able to hear the music in the background. I'll say I'm, I'd say 98% of the days. So hold on. Let me, let me rewind it. I am magic Mike. I am a wealth magnet. I am attracting, earning, and saving millions of dollars. I am worthy of extraordinary levels of success. I am a powerful force for good. So, like, that's just 20 seconds. I love that. That's awesome. And when you proclaim them and speak them over and over... And that's how I start my day. So I don't always feel, wake up feeling inspired. I'm going to summon a mountain. <laughs> right. But I've, I tell my mind where I want it to go. I tell my body where I want it to go. I tell my feelings where I want it, want them to go. And it just gets anchored. And then it becomes part of your identity and your DNA. I love that. I think a, an interesting way that I've chosen to do that, and I've talked to people about it ever since I was little, actually. Um, I My mom would teach us that, or not teach us, She'd make us, let's be serious. She would make us wear a dress to school at least twice a week. Mm. It was a rule. We weren't allowed to dress down at that point. Sweatpants like it is popular for people. That wasn't a thing. So we were never allowed to wear sweatpants or, or yoga pants. That wasn't a thing either. It was jeans usually. And so we'd have to dress up twice a week. Well, I got so habitual in doing that and always loved the affirmation that would come from it from teachers, from friends. You're always so dressed. You look so great, right? And I did it consistently through high school. Then I did it consistently into college when everybody's like rolling out of bed right before they go to class and they definitely look like they're in their pajamas. They actually probably are. And I would get dressed. And so as I've stepped into entrepreneurship, as I stepped into life, especially within motherhood, I found that the more that I get dressed at the beginning of the day and feel as if I'm not in pajamas or not in my mom gear, that I actually feel more authoritative. I show up to that day stronger. People affirm me in that, whether not to say that they have to say I look pretty, but they just note it, right? Mm -hmm. It's noted. And therefore, when you were talking about the I am statement, it parallels to this understanding of, of I am through light, right? If mm-hmm. I have an, a light that precedes me when I walk into the room, if I have an identity that precedes me before I walk into the room, I don't have to carry the full weight of what that person's expecting yeah. from me. And therefore, the great I am, which lives within us, is no different than the light because they're one in the same. And so I get to have somebody else, God himself, precede me into, into situations. And I get to just become the best version of myself because I'm saying yes to that identity. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's what you're, what you're wearing, whether it's what you're saying, whether it's how you're acting um, or feeling even, there's this knowing that we don't have to carry the burden of being great. Because he's already great. Yeah, exactly. And and then part of it is tapping into like your whole example there is like tapping into this higher level being, higher level connection with purpose and and the divine. And it's like when you're connected to that, you can see yourself. Now things become more possible. Because it's not dependent on your finite resources and energy, mm-hmm. which is still actually pretty limited. I mean, uh, unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah. 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 
So I want to ask you another question and we'll we'll wrap it up here shortly. But FIT stands for Founders, Innovators, and Trailblazers. Hmm. Which one would you say that you are most? I mean, there I do all three, of course. Um, Magic Mike is all three. <laughs> um innovators i would say i'm going to say innovators because if i look at a lot of my ideas projects inspirations i often see things as they're coming down the pipeline um and one of my mentors erwin mcmanus passed out in la he said you know what most people are still seeing the world as it was 20 or 30 years ago if you can just see what's happening today you can be called a futurist if you see that the, the <laughs> he called That's himself good. a futurist because he could see the things that are actually happening in the most current front end of the trends. There's lead indicators and lag indicators, you know, um, in stock market, right? So what are the lead indicators like autonomous cars? What, what about the health of health impact? What about this expert brand building a thought leader platform? What about virtual event? Like those are all lead indicators. Um, regenerative agriculture. Like that's a lead thing that even uh, a lot of organizations are starting to invest in. Um, and then a lag indicator is the CO2 emissions, if we're looking at something like that. So um, uh, anyway, so innovator, I'm definitely innovator. I want to keep creating, spotting opportunity, stepping into it and collaborating with others that uh, I can support and be supported by along the way, because I can't do everything and I'm not good at everything. Yeah. And that's definitely something you helped me to lean into is the knowing that my zone of genius doesn't mean that I'm a genius in everything. Mm -mm. It means I'm genius in a few things and I get to hire the geniuses in the other areas in order to support the mission, the vision and the purpose. Uh, I definitely would concur that you're an innovator for sure. And I love that every time I have an opportunity to spend with you, I learn something new. You're always teaching. Um, and so there's there's so much more to glean from you. Mm. And that's one of my favorite things that I get to do as being a part of your community. And so I appreciate you fully. And I want everybody to not only get your book, but be a part of your mastermind, come to some of your events. They're unbelievable. So if you guys would, for me, for my birthday, it's my birthday week. Okay. So you've got to go and get the genius within it's on Amazon, correct? Yep. All Amazon, right. And, uh, and you can go to geniuswithinbook.com as well. Incredible. What other ways do you want people to connect with you, Mike? Uh, Instagram's terrific, the Mike Zeller, and uh, LinkedIn, Facebook as well. And then uh, just share out this episode and tag Tamara and I. I'll reshare. Uh, would love to see how I can support you helping helping you find your genius. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. Yes, Mike, you're the best. Thank you so so much for being here, you guys. This is the Fit and Base Podcast, and this is Mike Zeller. See ya. Thank you. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? 
I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.